Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. We're an estate planning and elder law firm located in Cranberry. We have a couple of other offices, one in Somerset, one in Newcastle. Pretty much serving all of Western Pennsylvania with estate planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney. Uh, we do a bunch of post-death administration. If you've gone through the tragic experience of lo- losing a loved one here during the holiday season, and uh, and we do nursing home elder law work. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this show live on the radio, it is New Year's New Year's Day. Happy New Year's uh, New Year's to you. I hope uh, that. Uh, you don't have too big of a headache. I hope you're not too tired after having stayed up all night last night. Um, but uh, this is our first show of the new year, which I obviously have pre-recorded. Um, but uh, I'm doing it here during the holiday season. And here's the thing: you know, I I just uh, just got past Christmas, uh, and this is actually one of my favorite times of the year uh, to go to work. A lot of people have off this week. Uh, and to be honest, my calendar is pretty light, but this is the week where, as a small business owner, I get to take the time to sit, reflect, do some thinking, do some planning, work on next year's budget, work on the business plan, how many hires do I need to make, how many clients can we responsibly serve, um, and you know how are we going to find those clients, and, and, and just get to think a lot about the business uh, and in what I want to do with it uh, next year. Uh, and you know, it's, it's a really energetic time of the year for me. I, I, this is actually my favorite time of the year to work, um, because it's a focus on, on higher strategy rather than, uh, rather than the day-to-day grind. And I think that a lot of people are that way. I think that whatever you do for a living, if you're working, I think that this is a time to sit and think about, uh, what do we want to accomplish next year? If you're not working, maybe it's time for you to do that new year's resolution, which you know no, normally the year end show the the year end conversation is a is a, a guilt trip that we do about uh next year being the year where you should do your estate plan and it should but that's not really what we're going to do with the show this year um uh we that that gets beaten to death i'm not here to suggest what your uh that that estate planning should be your new year's resolution i mean of course you should do it but what I want to talk about is uh, is really reflecting on the prior year. Um, you know, I listen to different podcasts, one of which uh, I listen to is a fellow named Tim Ferriss. And if you've never been introduced to Tim Ferriss, he's a he's a best selling author has a has a huge following on social media in on in his podcast. He's a business author, and I follow the guy. I think he puts out a lot of uh, really interesting things. And his most recent podcast was about not necessarily doing a New Year's resolution, because most of us fail at them anyway, but actually creating a plan around um, what do we want next year to look like in a way that works. So rather than saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, uh, really calendaring our next year around the things that bring us joy and happiness, and if you know, and if profit and business is part of your world, then whatever, whatever your definition of success is, right? Uh, and so what he suggests is doing what he calls the prior year review. And essentially the process is you look at last year's calendar and you go week by week and you divide a sheet and paper into uh, two columns, positive and negative. Right? 
And as you go through each week, you, you just look at the calendar and you think back about what that meant. And, you know, if I had this many appointments for me or if I, if I did this thing with the kids, what are the things that brought you joy? What are the things that, that are like really energizing for you? And of course, you write those in the positive comment, uh, positive column on your sheet of paper. And then the things that were like the the energy drains, the things that you didn't like doing, the negative experiences, the things that you wish you didn't have to do. Uh, and you write those on the negative column. And then as you look at this long list, which uh, for me turned into a couple of pages, um, you look at the things and, and sort of categorize them into uh, what were the overall good things that occurred, what were the overall negative things that occurred, and then the the focus is sort of applying uh, what's called the Pareto's principle or the 80-20 rule. Um, and that principle is basically that 20% of uh, a given action results in 80% of the positive outcomes, right? And 20% of the negative things would result in 80% of the the negative actions or the negative responses, right? So what are the things within my list of positive things? What are the, of, of those items, what are the 20% of the things that I'd like to focus more time on that would bring me more joy, more, more clients, more happiness, more time with my kids, more whatever the goal is? And then as you think about structuring your next year, the goal is to eliminate the 20% that bring you the most negative energy and focus on the 20% that give you the most positive energy uh, and, and spend, uh, spend some time thinking about what your next year should look like based on um, based on those criteria and and to me that seems like a way more actionable thing than just saying oh, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds in January and February because you know it's it's that time where we all try to do that so uh, perhaps a thought perhaps a thought this year uh, instead of just doing New year's resolutions actually take some time to think about your time last year reflect on it think about uh, the good things and what, uh, how you could structure your calendar, how you could structure your life in 2022 uh, to deliver the most positive impact for you, your community, your family, um, and however that works. So I, I, I just wanted to relay that because when I, I listened to his podcast and then I read his blog about it, boy, that seemed way more actionable uh, than just sitting around and picking a random goal to say this is my New Year's resolution. So hope you find that useful. Now, this is also a time of the year where uh, – you know, we, we can think about organization, you know, after after my kids just uh, unwrapped all the plethora of Christmas presents under the tree, um, Robin spent time over the weekend or earlier this week um, cleaning out the closets, cleaning out the old closets, getting rid of the old toys that the kids don't play with anymore because they've outaged them or because they're missing parts. And we just we just got rid of the old stuff. In goes the new stuff, and just getting organized, you know. And and it and it's related to this news story that I saw the other day. Um, that was somewhere down in the south, and I forget the city. They removed a statue of uh, Robert E. Lee, and in the statue, in the base of the statue, they found. Uh, two time capsules, one of which they think was put there by the people that actually constructed. Um, the statue and one was more relevant to Robert E. Lee in the time period and, and, you know, the politics of the day. Now, Robert E. Lee these days is not necessarily a, uh, a popular political figure, but, but the point 
is forget about the politics of the thing for a second and just focus on the idea of the people that put this thing together leaving a time capsule, which they must have theorized somebody was going to look at at some point in time, right? And it happened to be this year. And so in the thing, there's the historic artifacts, and they haven't even told us everything that's in it. But, you know, what a what a treasure. What an interesting thing um, to to understand what the people would have found interesting enough to actually in, encapsulate and put in this time capsule and leave for us, uh, you know, 170 years later. And what would be the things that would get into your, your time capsule? If you were going to leave a time capsule and you were going to tell your future great-great-great-grandchildren these were the things that were important uh, at at this time, what would those things be? You know, a mask, maybe? You know, I, I hope not, but it seems to be defining a lot of the conversation around here right now. Um what are the other things, you know, and, and we live, in my opinion, we live right now in a very, very interesting time. Politics aside, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I want to talk about technology for a minute. And we live in a time that I truly think, uh, and I've seen others write about, is sort of the third technological revolution of the internet. Okay, so they're calling it Web 3, Web 1 being um, the Internet, Internet Explorer, Google being able to search and find information. Great. Number two being mobile, um, the ability to have the Internet on a phone in your pocket where you can communicate at will with the entire planet, where you can get your news automatically fed to you, where you've got the social media, where everybody's interacting constantly. And then Web 3, which we're just at the cusp of, and I'm not sure anybody truly understands it, which is... The interaction of cryptocurrency, these things called NFTs, which I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, and this whole environment, this whole universe that's about to happen online that is really going to change a lot. And I feel like 2022 is going to be a big year. Um, it's going to change the way a lot of commerce is done. It's going to change the way we think about how people own things. And there's a lot of skeptics about this, myself included, about the security around it and where it's going. But I can tell you that this is not going away. Um, whether I choose to get to understand what this all means, whether I choose to ignore it, it's not going away. It is going to be a reality that I will either decide to be a part of or that I will decide to ignore, but I, I've kind of taken it upon myself to at least understand it, and I'm going to give you like a glancing blow at what this looks like and sounds like, and if that's of any interest to you, uh, let us know. Drop us an email at radio at Seckler Law Firm, S-E-C-H-L-E-R Law Firm, and I'll get a guest on here that can talk about it more eloquently in greater detail than I can. Uh, and and perhaps we'll get somebody else to explain this in a little bit different uh, fashion. So here is here is my somewhat 101 level understanding of what's going on. And I hope that you find this interesting because if you go online, if you go anywhere right now, um, you'll see these these three letters NFT, and you would have to be hiding under a rock to not know anything about or heard of anyhow bitcoin and cryptocurrency right so the general idea here is that there are uh cryptocurrencies out there which 
essentially are people agreeing that this digital currency, which can now be tracked and stored in a way that you can prove that you own it, is a new uh, way of, of having currency that we can trade in, in um, not as highly regulated, not as, as perhaps susceptible to some of the different forces on the U.S. dollar, okay? This is not going to be an episode on cryptocurrency. I don't profess to be an expert on it, but I do want to talk to you about these things that are called NFTs. Now, NFTs, it stands for a non-fungible token, right? Uh, and this is only going to be a glancing blow at this, but the idea is this. The technology now exists where if you could picture a, uh, a digital image, it could be an image of um, a, a thing you made. It could be an image of me. Like take, a, take an athlete. Athlete could have a digital image made of themselves, and then this image essentially becomes the new trading card. Okay, so you know if you were grew up like me, uh, all the little guys traded the sports cards, right? Um, and there were only so many of them, which then makes them valuable to collectors. So the collector could say, "I've got the the Barry Bonds or the Mark McGuire or the Cal Ripken." Now I'm showing my age with baseball uh, stars, but I've got this trading card. And because I own this trading card and because they only printed so much of them, somebody might pay me for this. Or I could trade it with you for three or four of your cards that aren't as valuable, right? And so because all the kids agreed that the trading cards had value, now um, there's actually a little mini market for them. And it, actually, trading cards have a really big market. But, but because we've agreed that they have value, they have value. It's just like any other piece of art. Um, and an NFT is like that. An NFT is a digital piece. It could be a tune. It could be a small video. It could be an image. But it is a digital artistic creation that people are now agreeing these things have value. And the twist is we've all seen digital images on our phones and on our email and on our computer. But because of this system called the blockchain, we can now prove who owns the original. So it's kind of like with the trading card when they only printed so many of them. Now we can tell, oh, Tim owns the original Barry Bonds NFT, which because there's only so many of them, other people that believe that NFTs have value can trade them. And now there's a secondary market on the NFTs. But what's interesting about this is um, you can prove through this thing called the blockchain that you own the original. Okay, so the way I've been taught and the way that I've sort of begun thinking about blockchain is you think about it like the recorder of deeds office if you're trading real estate. The recorder of deeds, their job is just to simply keep a record of transactions regarding the ownership of real estate. You record your deeds so that anybody that has an interest in that piece of ground, whether it be a utility company or future prospective buyer can go and figure out who owns it and how they got it and they can test their uh, whether they truly own the thing that's what blockchain does for nfts is i can i can store it on the blockchain and therefore prove that this is in fact the original not a photocopy of the image okay and 2021 was a year where this stuff was starting to become mainstream and i think 2022 is going to be a time period where you're going to see uh, this really go big. Now, it's not just 
it, it goes a level or two or six deeper than just owning the digital piece of art. Because now, unlike with the trading cards, the you know once the trading card was printed, I imagine back in the day they would have had to have paid Barry Bonds money to use his image on the trading card, but he got paid once. Now with the with NFTs, there's a digital transaction record of the the future transactions of somebody buying and selling that NFT, and Barry Bonds might be able to get paid every time the thing transacts, right? So there's this ongoing ability for the people who are the creators of the artwork or the owners of the artwork to be paid on an ongoing basis as the thing becomes more and more valuable. This is going to be very interesting to anybody that creates digital art, whether it would be music, whether it would be companies that, that um, have software packages, whether it would be people that create uh, online images. I mean, there, and, and the list could go on and on and on. Um, the other thing is because we can track ownership of it, because it's, it's digital, it can be sort of like a new fan club, so to speak. So let's say that I'm a professional baseball player. And if you own my NFT, not only is that thing potentially valuable and potentially more valuable if I play better baseball, uh, and over time, I have a higher career, better, you know, the, the value of the card goes up. But if you sell it, I, as the baseball player, might make money as you sell it in the future. But also, because you're the owner of the NFT, now you can show that to the gate attendant, who will then get you a backstage access to meet me behind the dugout, right? And so it is a valuable asset that might entitle the holder of that valuable asset to special perks, concert tickets, um, book releases, different different things, and if uh, and so I think that you're going to see major companies making major investments into this space called the NFT, uh, which I think is a large part of the future of the commerce that our children are going to get to know, and so I think that. It makes some sense to study this stuff and get to know this stuff because whether you think it's a great idea and want to invest your dollars in it, whether you think it's a terrible idea and don't want to invest your dollars in it, it is here to stay. And I think that it is worth at least spending the time to understand it because pretty soon that might be the only way that you can access certain things uh, that may be worthwhile to access. Okay, so there's there's my five minutes or less on NFTs. But I find this all so very interesting um, that we live in this time period where this whole thing is just kicking off. And who knows where it goes? If anybody, including myself, tells you where they think that this whole space is going to go, they probably don't know what they're talking about. Um, but it is interesting. And so when we think about that and we think about 2022, in my opinion, being the year that digital stuff really takes off and becomes more and more mainstreamed. You know, when it goes from the, the punk artists to um, Fortune 100 companies investing in NFTs um, and producing NFTs, then it's going to hit the mainstream and it's going to be a thing where people start paying more and more attention to it. Um, and relating this entire conversation to... Um, the time capsule conversation is, you know, it also appears to me here would be a, a New Year's resolution 
that I might suggest after having just gone on this little bit of a rabbit hole on on this thing called an NFT. I might suggest that a decent New Year's uh, resolution might be to get your digital world organized. So what do I mean by that? Um, Well, we have digital stuff now. You might have digital accounts. You might have, like I own several website URLs um, that to someone might be valuable. Um, I own digital pictures of my children, of my family videos, experiences, and they all live on my cell phone. Um, and I haven't really thought through Well, I have, but most people haven't really thought through what happens to that? What happens to all these different online accounts I have access to if I get sick and pass away or pass away? Um, who's going to manage that? Do we need to shut down the accounts? Do we need to keep the accounts open for some reason? Is there a valuable monetary valuable reason to keep an account open? Um, are we going to sell the URLs that I own? Are we going to um, share the digital photos with our family? Uh, and when when we were all locked down during COVID um, last year, and I spent all that time at home, didn't really leave the house for a month, um, my wife and I created a digital time capsule. And basically what we did and, and continue to do is we saved headlines, stories, printouts, pictures uh, of all the news. 2,000 deaths today, 5,000, whatever, however many hospitalizations, the things going through the roof, the government has shut us down, I couldn't open my law firm, like all of those different events that occurred during that extremely stressful period of time. And we just, we made a record of it and we called it our coronavirus time capsule. But it's all digital. There isn't a box. It's all it's all images, um, and it's all headlines, and it is all stored in a place that my great-great-great-grandchildren can access it, and we've added to that. In the same place, my kids can also, my great-great-great-grandkids will also be able to access the photos that are on my cell phone. My kids, you know, when I go to my parents' house, they like to show the eight millimeter video stuff of me being a little kid they like to embarrass me and you know watch me dance around the room and all that stuff right well we don't have that anymore all of those videos are on the phone my wife has her phone my kids have their own devices that take pictures there is no one family camcorder anymore uh we've got cameras all over the place what are you doing to organize all of that data and all of those pictures, because just like I deep down somewhere really like watching the videos that my parents recorded of me as a kid, my kids are going to do the same when they're adults and my great grandkids are going to do the same. But we now live in a time where my great, 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 great forever grandchildren can view that content. See, pictures didn't used to exist that long ago for us. And then the pictures that did exist faded or there weren't enough of them. They didn't get stored. And then what happened was a period of time where there's a whole lot of pictures, but all of the pictures were on uh, in one family photo album and one kid took it when mom passed away and nobody else ever saw the thing. But now these videos, these pictures, all of this is is infinitely shareable if you take the time to organize it. Um, 
And, you know, you can find out a lot more about that by visiting the, the company my wife started because of all of this at securingmemories.com. Um, but I just want to make a comment that, you know, as, as you sit and think about and you're enjoying your, your New Year's headache or whatever the case is, what an interesting time period we live in. Um, and around us, just like at the time period where they built this statue to honor Robert E. Lee, times have changed. Times continue to change. Times will continue to change. Maybe 2022 is the year where you take a step to actually mark what's going on right now. So then sometime in the future, whether it's you or somebody else down the road, can look back at that digital time capsule and say, can you believe that no one in 2021 knew what an NFT is and now it's everywhere, right? Can you believe that back then they actually locked down and had to wear masks? Or can you believe that back then people were nervous about this, that, or the other thing? Or, you know, and, and create that record now because I'm curious about the way that my great-great-great-grandparents lived. And so I can bet that the same will be true for my descendants. Let's take the time uh, to figure out how to record. If you want to know more about it, you can find out stuff at securingmemories.com. If you want to do more estate planning, if you want to know the difference between wills and trusts and how to protect your assets, go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Um, please keep in mind that this show is for your education and information. Uh, I am a lawyer, but you are not likely to be my client yet. I'd love for you to become my client, but don't construe anything in this radio show as legal advice or financial advice. Uh, if you have questions, if you have a legal problem, you need a lawyer. We're available anytime at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope that 2022 is fantastic for you, uh, and I hope you apply a little bit of intentionality to make that happen. Have a great week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.